This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, as always, Dr. Andy Johnson. The topic of today's podcast, or the title, is this. Is MTSS merely a PBIS and ABA delivery system? Now, MTSS stands for Multi-Tiered Systems of Support. The claim is made that this is based on scientific research and uses only evidence-based practices. Now, MTSS originated in the world of special education. PBIS stands for Positive Behavioral Intervention and Support. ABA stands for Applied Behavioral Analysis. The claim that's made is that these are evidence-based and they are used in MTSS. All well and good. So let's take a look at PBIS. We'll look at that first and then ABA. Now there's a center on PBIS. I'm not kidding. They've got a whole center. The center on PBIS describes it as, quote, an evidence-based three-tiered framework to improve and integrate all of the data, systems, and practices affecting student outcomes every day. PBIS creates schools where all students succeed, unquote. An evidence-based three-tiered framework. My goodness, who could disagree with that? Who wouldn't want to improve and integrate all of the data systems and practices? Who wouldn't want to improve student outcomes every day? And who wouldn't want to create a school where all students succeed? I know that I would. Of course, one must always ask, succeed at what? What does that look like? What kind of outcomes? Who decided these were the right outcomes? What data and systems? And who makes the choices related to practices? Let's be clear. Student outcomes in special ed world means behaviors. They want to focus on behaviors. PBIS, by definition, focuses on behaviors. Certain behavior must disappear. Behaviors that interfere, impair, or are said to be maladaptive must be eliminated. When one manifests such behaviors, they are given a label. One is said to have a behavior disorder. The behavior they displayed must be banished. Never mind the cause or conditions of that behavior. The behavior like a cockroach must be eradicated. Like a bit of cancer, it must be cut out. We have to administer treatment in order to cure the infected subject of that disorder. Now, other behaviors must appear. Those that focus on silence, compliance, and conformity. Now, when I was a child and somebody asked if I was a good boy in church, what they meant was, was I silent, compliant, and did I conform to the church system of expected behaviors? 
as I got older and grew into young adulthood, if someone asked if I was a good boy, from a church point of view, they meant, was I silent? Nobody wanted to hear what I thought about things, just shut up and sing the liturgy. Was I compliant? Did I adopt the belief system that was given unto me, without question? And did my behavior conform to the spoken and unspoken expectations? In church world, this meant no drinking, no swearing, and definitely no sex, quasi-sex, or sex-related activities. In essence, goodness in church world was determined by what I refrained from doing. Now, how is that goodness different from goodness in special ed world? PBIS is all about this goodness. It's designed to make sure that all the good boys and girls are silent, compliant, and they conform to the system. That the bad behaviors disappear and the good behaviors reappear. Now, in special ed world, that wacky, zany place. Anxiety, depression, and other mental health conditions are called internalized behavior disorders. These are said to be maladaptive emotions and cognitions. Now, imagine that. I've been dealing with a depressive order for 30 years, and all this time it was an internalized behavior disorder. Oh my goodness, instead of the professional help I got, psychotropic medication and therapy, I should have gone to a local special ed teacher for a little PBIS. What was I thinking? I could have been all fixed up. In special ed world, behaviors are the root cause of all behaviors. Now, can you see the problem with that? It's like saying hemorrhoids are the cause of all hemorrhoid problems. Eliminate the behaviors, or hemorrhoid, and eliminate the problem, hemorrhoids. The emotional behavioral disorder, EBD, label is attached to some kid. Now, here's the thing. EBD, they aren't concerned with the E at all, emotions. Just the B, the behaviors. Since emotion can't be measured directly, these don't exist. And since environmental conditions can't be controlled, they don't exist either. And since past experiences cannot be observed directly or measured with a standardized test, we're going to discount these as well. Even though emotions, environmental contexts, and past experiences might be a significant part of current behaviors, we're just going to set those inside and use a little PBIS to make all those pesky behaviors go away. Instead of dealing with the cause of a behavior, we're just going to put a lot of duct tape over the effect and collect data showing that the effect has gone away. Evidence-based, there you go. Our data systems and practices are all integrated and all the unwanted behaviors have gone away. God bless America. 
But in the meantime, teachers are just trying to help the kid learn to read and kids are trying to manage their situation with the limited tools that they have. Kids don't want their data and systems to be integrated. They're just trying to be happy, to cope, to exist. Now, to be fair, and I am fair, there are limited places and instances where PBIS is appropriate and effective. It can be helpful in getting students to focus on certain behaviors, but it discounts the fact that all behaviors are the effect of some cause. PBIS should be one of many tools used by a school psychologist or special educator. Now, Abraham Maslow once said, if the only tool you have is a hammer, all the world becomes a nail. I once said that if the only tool you have is PBIS, all the world becomes a behavioral objective. Now let's look at ABA or Applied Behavior Analysis. This is another tool that can be effective if used selectively, not exclusively. It is appropriate in some limited instances. ABA is based on the principles of behavior modification. Behavior modification originates with the work of B.F. Skinner, who studied rats in a Skinner box. In essence, the research used on one species, rats, is applied to another species, humans, and called evidence-based. So let's see what's said about ABA in special ed world. Applied behavioral analysis is the practice of applying the psychological principles of a learning theory in a systematic way to modify behavior. This practice is used most extensively in special education and the treatment of autism spectrum disorder. Treatment, interesting word. ABA is widely recognized as the only scientifically valid therapy available for treating behavioral issues associated with ASD. By the way, the funny voice was mine. And I say, oh really? Perhaps we should ask adults who are neurodiverse or neuroatypical or autistic if they appreciated having their behaviors treated. Let's collect that evidence. Let's see if they appreciated or wanted people trying to fix them so their behaviors were, quote, normal, unquote. Let's ask them if their treatment was successful. Were they cured of ASD? Did their neurodiversity go away? Let's collect that evidence, shall we? Now, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, interesting enough, they weigh in on ABA. That should be our first clue when the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention are weighing in on ABA. According to them, ABA is a method of studying and managing behavior to bring about change. ABA therapists develop research-based, of course it's research-based, behavioral intervention plans to reduce problem behaviors in children. 
that term research-based gets bandied about as if that justifies everything they do. All right, let me continue. ABA is also known as behavior modification and learning theory. Behavior modification, B.F. Skinner, Thorndike, hello. As children with learning disabilities may also have behavior problems or disorders such as attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD, which can cause them to be disruptive at school, at home, or in their interactions with friends and peers. All right, you've got a learning disability and they want to address behavior problems. What? And of course, if you're failing all day, if instruction has been ineffective, if you are made to feel like a failure in school, of course you're going to act out. Sometimes negative behaviors are a positive response to a negative situation. And kids made to be feel like they're failures, sent off someplace to special ed world, of course they're going to react. That is a positive reaction to a negative situation. Now the idea behind ABA is that reinforcing certain behaviors will lead kids to repeat those behaviors and diminish other behaviors. Now this certainly makes sense. If I were training a dog, I'm certainly that I would be all over ABA. And there are places in education where ABA ideas might be useful. I used forms of ABA with one or two students each year in a very limited way on a limited basis when I was teaching second grade way back in 1983. It was effective in helping students focus on behaviors but these techniques were always applied in the context of a relationship with this student. I understood the student. I was able to interact with the student on a daily basis. And I was able to focus on teaching that student the desired behavior. Teaching, not reinforcing. I understood the whole student and the environmental situations in which the behavior arose. And in each case, when I used ABA in the classroom, I was able to discontinue using it after two or three weeks. Now with ABA, punishment or aversive conditioners are said not to be used, although they sometimes are, especially in institutional settings. Instead, positive reinforcement or rewarding and teaching replacement behaviors is said to bring about a more long-lasting change. But here's the thing. B.F. Skinner and Edward Lee Thorndike found out long ago when the reward or threat of punishment disappears, the behavior gradually reappears. Now let's take a look at MT. SS, multi-tiered systems of supports. Why have I spent so much time blabbering on about PBIS and ABA when the focus is on MTSS? This is why. Look 
at any MTSS plan, and you will see it is infested with PBIS and ABA. MTSS is said to focus on academic support for reading, writing, and math, but you will see that each of these is woefully inadequate. Again, there are places where it may be appropriate to use PBIS and ABA. In other words, I'm sure there's evidence to indicate that in certain situations, for certain students, these may be effective for certain things. But this certainly does not mean that they are evidence-based for everything. And this does not mean that they should be the main tool. And that's what's happening in special ed world and leaking into the real world with MTSS. This is what I see occurring in MTS, the multi-tiered system of supports. PBIS and ABA are used to fix problem behaviors. It's like a dystopian society, the one described by George Orwell in his book, 1984. It's being brought into the school systems. Big Brother is watching. Happy talk. There are limited places where PBIS and ABA might be an effective tool. But if they are the only tools in your educational toolbox, you're like a carpenter with just a hammer and a nail. Again, if the only tool you have is a hammer, all the world becomes a nail. If the only tool you have is PBIS and ABAA, all the world becomes a behavioral objective. Now let's take a look at MTSS and SEL. Oh gosh, I love these letters. SEL stands for Social Emotional Learning, and this is said to be a part of MTSS. Teaching social skills is a good thing. Everyone agrees with that. And what about learning about one's emotions? That's a good thing. I strongly encourage both of these. Another term for this would be interpersonal and intrapersonal intelligence. Absolutely, we need to teach and develop these. Both of these can help students become better human beings, happier human beings, and more successful in all social and interpersonal situations. Both of these enable humans to function better in relationships and in society. I'm absolutely all for social and emotional learning if it's put in the context of being a better human being. But this is not the focus of social-emotional learning in MTSS. The focus here is on specific skills or behaviors that support attendance, behavior, and course performance. In other words, behaviors that enable you to, to perform or the student to perform school-related circus tricks. And this is the insidious nature of MTSS and special ed world. When you get behind the mirage of words, all you see is a giant Skinner box with flashing lights, pellets, and electrical grid.
Now, let's take a look at MTSS and the mirage of words. It's really hard to get into the specifics of MTSS because it's all words. The descriptors of MTSS are littered with words. The websites, books, and articles spew forth an excess of wonderful, glorious words, such as equity, evidence-based, whole child, community engagement, integrated educational focus, transformational process, specialized support, inclusion, paradigm shift, setting higher expectations, Redesign of Integrated Services, CCSS Aligned Instruction, Addressing the Needs of All Students, Problem Solving Processes, Collaborative and Team-Based Decision Making, Data Evaluation, Building Relationships, Capacity Building Infrastructure, Universal Design for Learning, professional development, active involvement, integrated continuum of research-based practice. Oh, what wonderful words. These are all delightful, inspirational, aspirational words. Who wouldn't want a redesign of integrated services? Who wouldn't want their paradigm shifted? And who wouldn't want their processes to be transformational? But these are all words designed to messy up the water. Words. When you try to look beyond the words, MTSS seems to be little more than an ABA and PBIS delivery device. This has been the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, Dr. Andy Johnson.